It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Uh, let me get into this topic here. So as you guys know, the NBA season has officially commenced. It started on Tuesday. Uh, there were some pretty big matchups with the Lakers out there, the Phoenix Suns, and the Denver Nuggets and all of these teams that were playing. Uh, and it's brought a lot of excitement. Um, we, Victor Wembanyama just recently made his uh, NBA debut. So there's excitement all over the league. Uh, what is it? Zion Williamson is back. But there's one particular person that's missing in action. And that person is John Morant. Now, as we're all fully aware, uh, John Morant is currently serving a 25-game suspension for some off-the-court uh, incidents that were basically a compilation of things that he did that ultimately caused the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, to sit him down. Uh, for 25 games, and everyone kind of weighed in on that, various personalities. But one of the biggest personalities in sports media, as a, especially in the NBA sector, uh, is Charles Barkley. And he recently weighed in uh, into the John Morant uh, drama. This morning I was doing some research, and I came across an article here, uh, what is it, from fadeawayworld.net that actually then linked me to another article uh, from CNN that had the kind of you know, all of the comments that Charles Barkley made. And this article from Fadeaway World had the headline saying Charles Barkley criticized, criticizes John Morant over his gun incidents. So the article then continues on saying, um, as of right now, point guard John Morant is serving a 25 game suspension with the Memphis Grizzlies due to a series of incidents where he was caught flashing firearms on social media. There is no doubt that the league took the situation seriously and have made and many have criticized him for his actions. NBA legend Charles Barkley recently spoke about this situation with uh, with Morant criticizing the point guard and telling him to just play basketball. He's caught with a gun. He gets suspended and then less than two months later, he gets filmed again on Instagram with a gun. And you're like, kid can't be that stupid, said Barkley per uh, Ben Church and Chris Wallace of CNN. A kid is getting paid close to $100 million, And the only thing you have to do is don't be a fool. Just play basketball. Ain't like it's a real job. We're not teachers. We're not firemen. We're not like policemen. We're not somebody who's uh, in service. We're not. We're not a doctor. <laughs> there are five. Those are the five real jobs. Real jobs will people who will never make a lot of money. And all you have to do is dribble a stupid basketball and stay out of trouble. Now, uh, Charles's comments didn't finish there. I want to go to another article uh, that was linked. Um, this is from a CNN article. Um, the, the article that Fadeaway World uh, alluded to, and I want to read some more of. Uh, 
Charles's comments. He then said, uh, real people, real job people have never made a lot of money. All you have to do is dribble a Super Bowl. And then the article continues on. After receiving his suspension, Morant apologized and said he would use the time off to work on his mental health and decision making. I'm sorry for the harm uh, I've done. He said in a statement to the kids who look up to me, I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better to all my sponsors. I'm going to be a better representation of our brands. And to all my fans, I'm going to make it up to you. <clears throat> I promise. So those that's what those two articles uh, had to say there. Let me give you guys my thoughts on this. First of all, John Morant mentioned something very important uh, in his statements, which was, I apologize to the kids because I'm a role model and I apologize to my sponsors. I've heard some people out there basically try to say, no, you know, he shouldn't, he, he, you know, I mean, he's so what? He's just doing his thing and da, 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 da. And these people are acting like as if the NBA is not a business that is interlocked with other businesses that are that they're partnered with. They have various companies that, you know, endorse the NBA and the NBA is trying to project a certain image uh, to the public. And one of the reasons I believe NBA commissioner Adam Silvers had to suspend John Morant was also to send uh, a message to their partners. And to the public at large. And for whatever reason, that point was being missed on a lot of people. Some people are like, oh, don't be hard on him. It's like you're missing the point. This is bigger than John Morant. The NBA is not going to tarnish their image because of one player. It's not going to happen. Another thing that I think is worth mentioning and another thing a lot of people need to pay attention to is this mindset of, oh, I can't be replaced. You can be replaced. Anybody can be replaced. Anybody can be replaced. Anybody. Right now, what's the talk of the town? Victor Wimanyama. There's always going to be somebody that's going to take your spot. It's that simple. So if you don't act up, they will replace you with somebody else. Uh, and I think that John Moran is beginning to realize this. And very soon, it's going to be out of sight, out of mind. People will not be talking about John Moran. No one cares until he returns. That's the harsh truth. Do you see the NBA making any posts about him on Instagram or anywhere else? Of course they're not. They're going to focus on what's relevant. They're going to talk about LeBron. They're going to talk about Victor Wembanyama. They're going to talk about Zion Williamson if he starts doing well. They're going to talk about Luka Doncic. They're going to talk about players that are moving the brand forward and are keeping the NBA relevant. So I think John Moran is going to realize this. I was just recently looking at his team standings. Right now, it's still early, obviously, but they started off their season 0-2. That's also going to hurt. His absence is going to hurt the team. His behavior also cost him about $60 million because he wasn't able to qualify to make those all NBA teams. As you guys know, the various things you need to do to be able to qualify for max contracts. And one of them has to have a certain, there has to be a certain threshold of amount of games. He couldn't do that as well. And in, in, in making those teams, he couldn't do that with all of this negative press that has been circulating uh, around him. So to me, I think Charles Barkley said the blunt, honest truth that I think most people uh, would, you know, with a brain could figure out. Right. I don't think he's hating on John Moran. I don't think he's trying to tear him down or tear down a black man. Oh, by the way, um, somebody there, there's this kind of uh, contingent of people out there. Um, I see them from time to time. They try to pop up and make stupid, idiotic, irrelevant points. But nevertheless, these guys are very committed to their cause. Uh, some people have said, oh, you know, all you do is criticize. What did they say? All you do is criticize black American or American born player or yeah, American born uh, NBA players and you never have anything to say about international players or international black players. I don't know what it is. First of all, how many international black players are there in the NBA that were born out, born outside the United States that are making major news? How many of them are there? Giannis, uh, Shai, Gilchrist, Alexander, and then you have who? Uh, Joel Embiid. 
What news have you heard? What what noise have you heard them be making? Number one. Number two, um, the point falls on deaf ears when you try to make that type of argument uh, because my favorite players are American-born players. So again, what's your point? Um, I think we need to be very careful of the idiots in the room that are always looking to make a point that nobody's even interested in. I think it's important that I say this is a sports channel. This is not a politi- political channel. This is not a channel where you're, we're trying to make uh, political messages. That's not what I do here. When a situation calls for and I need to take a stance on a particular issue, I'll do that. But for you people, for some of these people to try to kind of create this conversation, you guys are really, really pathetic to do that because your thinking is limited in this in this position. You can't make an argument like that. Well, my favorite player is African-American. So what's your point? And number two, I don't look at John Morant as an American black or African. I don't care. I'm looking at him as a black dude, period. That's all I see. I don't see him as an American. I don't view him that way. Maybe that's how you that's maybe that's how you look at the world. I don't look at the world that way. If I see a black person, I'm not looking at them as, oh, are you black American or are you from Congo or are you from. I don't care. You care. I don't. I don't view the world that way. I'm not that myopic. Victor Mominyama. He's uh, I think he's from the I think he's from the Congo. Or Cote d'Ivoire, I think it's from the Congo. One of those, no, I think it's Cote d'Ivoire. Let me see, where is Victor Wembenyama from? Uh, Victor Wembenyama, African origin. Where is he from? He is from, yeah, he's Congolese. He's Congolese. I don't care. I just see a black dude, period. So for those people that are stuck on that stupid, please just, just, just go somewhere else. They're people that actually have platforms and this is how they make their money. They write books about it. They get people riled up and, you know, it's, 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 it's this black group versus that. But I don't that's not what I'm interested in. So if some people if that's what floats your boat, please just float it somewhere else. I don't care about that. Number number one. Number two, there's no money involved in that. These are just frivolous, frivolous, stupid conversations. We're not going to we're not going to build anything out of this. We're not going to make any money out of it. It's just stupid pointless conversation so if that's how you float your boat that's how you want to roll please just stay away from me i'm talking about john morant uh based on his behavior not whether or not he's a black american or Afri- i don't care i don't think of the world that way some people do but that's not what i do again if you're looking for political commentary there's so many channels out there that'll do that for you if you're looking for racial commentary there's so many channels that'll do that for you we're talking sports that is what we're talking if i want to talk about politics i want to talk about race and all that stuff i'll open another channel and that's exactly what i'll do please spare me with the bs now if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show now let's continue to the next segment No, I wanted to ask you about Dion before we we switch over to to uh, the NBA because I want to get your take your opinion on some things. Dion, I'm I'm not as someone growing up, I know football, but we don't discuss football so well because I didn't follow it the way I follow basketball. But when Dion Sanders hit the scene with the Colorado Buffaloes, my wife and I sat down and watched a college football game, and I said to myself, I said, "This is she doesn't she never she never watched a football game." What do you think about Deion Sanders' impact on college football thus far? And what do you think he can do moving forward? Oh, man, he has been the energy that they have needed, sorely needed. Um, And what he's done is made them reimagine what college football is and will Mm. be going forward. Uh, That energy is this, and it's contagious all around. I'll give you a real live example. I just went to the UCLA-Washington State game a couple weeks ago. Both teams at the time were ranked, and Washington State was ranked 13th. Hmm. The stadium was half full. The Rose Bowl, big Rose Bowl, half full. 
I was in a suite with the AD of UCLA, Martin Jarman, and the Big Ten commissioners were there, right? And they were looking around and talking about like, okay, we're going to have this Big Ten, obviously, now part of UCLA, USC being a part of it. We can't have this, right? You know, like half stadium. Like you go to Michigan, Ohio State, it's crazy. Penn State, White House, it's insane. So we're going to bring that energy here. But guess who's bringing that energy to that same Rose Bowl this Saturday, hmm. 5.30, I think. The Colorado Buffaloes, been sold out for a month. Wow. <laughs> Not ranked as high as Washington State either, wow. but it's sold out. And everybody knows I got the hookup and been blowing me up to get tickets to that game. <laughs> I can't go. I got a coach. Point being, everybody in L.A. trying to be there, and it's super sold out. Wow. And that's Deion Sanders. So that energy is for fans, UCLA fans who won't go and support their team when they're ranked, or the team that's even better that's ranked wow. will go see Deion. Wow. That's the that's fans. Crazy. So then the networks are going to jump on it because that's audience. And guess who else is going to jump on it? Not only his team and his players, but those prospects, those high school recruits are like four-star mm. after five-star. Everybody wants to be down with that. Everyone loves a winner. So Deion Sanders has made him reimagine how you can do it and how it can be done. So him with his 24-7 channel because his son films everything, right. amazing, genius. It's just a whole different animal. Now you see Nick Saban on what Pat McAfee every week. You're going to have to step your game up because yep. I'm everywhere doing it all and doing it right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's something like I've, I've never seen. And speaking of these phenomenons yesterday Victor Wimbanyama he made his big debut now all of us know that Victor Wimbanyama was supposed is is projected to be some people are saying the greatest NBA player of all time potentially he made his big debut uh, last night he didn't play that many minutes he only played about 23 minutes because of foul trouble how do you see first of all what are your thoughts on Victor Wimbanyama and how do you what kind of career do you think he can have just based it's gonna on be insane know. It's going to be insane. Like, we already know it. I don't know why we're fighting it, resisting it. I mean, injuries to the side, he's going to be insane. It's the physics. So people got to understand about sports. Like LeBron James, when you saw him when he was 16 and covered Sports Illustrated, you watched that ESPN2 game, you're like, he's going to be insane. Football, <laughs> basketball, every sport, basically, that we all consume and love starts off with the physics. As a doctor would tell you, and I hate to burst the bubble of a lot of parents out there. But doctors always say this. You can't out-train DNA. That hmm. means little Johnny, if he's little, he can work hard and he can be great. But if somebody who's bigger, faster, stronger has these off-the-chart tangibles hmm. and they work hard, <laughs> you ain't going to get with that. Maybe. And so he has the physics. If he doesn't get injured and it looks like he has to work ethic, yep. the dude is blocking on closeouts three pointers yeah, that have crazy. left the hand two two yeah, minutes ago. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You, you you saw the picture of him blocking the shot, and somebody left a comment like, "This is the most ridiculous picture I've ever seen." Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. I wanted to ask you, as someone that worked on TV, and I, I, I don't know what that is, 
just describe the transition from working for a big corporation to you saying, you know what, I want to bet on myself because a lot of people have not. It seems like a lot yeah. of people are still holding on for their life to these companies. And you were like, no, I'm willing to bet on myself and go independent. What do you think was, what has been the biggest challenge for you during this transition? Yeah, I mean, it was a process. Look, and I think the process really started with one day, my friend, Matt Lindzen, I'm out at his house at a barbecue and he's like, man, you need to start a podcast. Now, this is coming off of Max and Marcellus. Max is already at first take. I uh, love doing radio. Everyone loved our radio show. It's real intimate when you're vulnerable on the radio versus right. even television. You get a different response. So uh, I missed radio. And he was like, just do a podcast. But this is around 2017. I'm at ESPN. I got two shows. I'm like, nah. And I'm going to be real. I looked down on podcasts at the time. I was like, mm. man, that's basement stuff. That's staying at home with mama stuff. I was like, I'm not doing that. I got two shows on ESPN. Forget it. So at that time... I didn't know this, but Pat McAfee was trying to get a show or at least interviews uh, to do the rounds at ESPN. And they said, no, he couldn't get right. a show at ESPN, right? right? So mm -hmm. it's the same time I got two shows at ESPN and this guy can't even get in the door. Then 2018 happens. I go with Jason Whitlock. We do speak for yourself for two years. Jason mm -hmm. in the middle of the night leaves and goes to the blaze after he went to the outkick first. So mm -hmm. he leaves me. Now, I wasn't mad at what he did. I was mad at how he did it because he never told me he was going to leave, even mm -hmm. though I knew he was going to leave because I have contacts and the bosses told me, coworkers told me, I'm mm -hmm. fine. Jason mm -hmm. leaves me. Now, who's going to be my co-host? It was about a month or two. They were trying to figure that out. Ends up being Emmanuel Acho. Between right. that time, my agent, super agent, Nick Khan, who calls me one day and says, Marcellus, I'm going to move on for another opportunity. I could be the president of WWE wrestling, and right. I got to swing for the fences. I was like, all right, I love this guy to death to this day. Cobra is my guy. So I mm. said, I respect that. Got to do it. We're around the same age as well. He leaves. So for the last two years at Fox, I didn't have an agent. Everybody's calling. Wow. What's next? What's next? What's next? What they didn't know that the seeds were being planted for me to think about doing something else. So mm. then Acho comes on and Acho know, and I have a great relationship. I've known him forever. Um, we built something. I liked our conversations. I liked our show, but he was doing what Whitlock was doing in the terms of he was planning to do the show without me or do a different show. What, what, Wasn't why, mad why, at why, what he was doing. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but why? What, oh, yeah. what, is it, what was what? What do you think was the reason? Is it that maybe the chemistry wasn't there? Because looking at it, I mean, when I watch the show, you guys are great. So, what do you think was the reason for that? Maybe just wanted to do something different, or. Oh, uh, no. I, no, I ain't going to give you no PR answer. Yeah. Acho wants to be a star. Acho is a star to me. I think he has a tremendous talent. Where right. his personality lies in your life, it could be yes or no. But I get it. But the dude is a talent. He can sure. read that 100%. prompter. He can seduce the damn prompter almost. It's crazy. He's a talent. He's an orator. 100%. That said, he wanted to be a star. This is a guy who played in the NFL for like four years, didn't get his bread. Um, didn't get to the heights that he wanted to. You go to University of Texas, you're supposed to be a dog in the league, and it didn't work out for him. I ain't mad at it. And now he had his shot. He had Oprah Winfrey as an ally. He had his uncomfortable conversations that blew up. Uh, he wrote a best-selling books. Like, the dude was ready to be a star. 
and working with me out of his respect for me, out of his reverence for me, sometimes deference and just me wow. being there, my presence. Right. It was quote unquote my show just because I was there first and it really wasn't my show. It was Colin and then Jason Woodlock and then me. But the point is, he just didn't feel like he could fully flex. And I knew that. So he didn't know that I was also thinking of doing other things. Other so things. I wasn't mad at what he was trying to do. And the bosses told me and coworkers told me, but he didn't tell me. I wasn't mad at what he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I was mad at how he was doing it. So we shaking hands, hey, big bro, every day. But I'm like, dog, you're taking all these meetings. You're trying to do all this stuff around me or without me. Just talk to me. Now, why am I making this an issue with Whitlock and Acho? Because when Max Kellerman was getting recruited to go to first take, I remember the phone call. And I remember him hanging it up during our commercial break. And I remember him saying, wow. bro, we got to talk next break. Guess what's going down? Well, I see. And that's I the way see. I would have done it. That's the I way see. Max did it. So that's my standard. I am not jealous or hating on anybody because whatever someone has done in this industry or on the field, I have checked that box as well. So I don't come with that spirit. I come with the spirit of their ethics and there is a standard and expectation that I want. Let me fast forward. So Acho and I, I do the show for two years. Time's up. Uh, the bosses are like, we want to change the direction of the show, all this stuff. They wanted to do a lighter show. They wanted to do the show that they're doing now. And I just thought that was behind me in terms of I've already done those type of shows. Sports Nation, you know, lighter, more surface, little shock jock. I was just like, I want it deeper. So yeah. then they offered me the opportunity to go to First Things First. But they were thinking it could come, it was going to come to LA, but it didn't end up coming to LA. It stayed in New York. I tried, Charles, for like a week in my mind to like do the stray hand plan, I call it, where I'm gonna go to New York on Monday, come back Friday, the family be okay, I'll come back with the big check and we're good. And I tried to run assimilation in my house for like a day. Wait, wait, and I was sorry. Like, let me you, you ran a simulation in my house. Really? In LA. Wow, like, wow. I, like, I'm, like I'm not wow. there, but I want to see what happens if I'm not here for okay, five not, days. Not everything will work. Got you. Got you. Got you. And I look at it. I was like, this ain't going to work. <laughs> These three <laughs> little kids I, I got going. That's all that. They're going to wear my wife out. <laughs> wear her out. So I had to nix that. Um, we, we, we tried to build a couple other things with Fox. It didn't work out. I love those guys over there. No hate, no animus at all. What gave me the confidence in that long-winded story was this. Mm -hmm. Pat McAfee couldn't get a gig where I had two gigs. Mm. End up coming back. Wop, wop. Lapping everybody 10 times. Everybody Crazy. bow down Crazy. your second place to Crazy. me in terms of what I've acquired, right? So that was crazy. Then Jason Woodlock having his success. Huh. Then Nick Khan becoming... Nick Khan, who runs WWE right now, look up how much he got in a bonus just last year. Wow, and wow. I was like, all these people that are close to me, connected to me, and even Max Kellerman, when he left me to go to first take, he still got his bread. He still got a huge platform. I was like, everybody is taking a gamble on themselves. Right. And I'm sitting here fat and full in this velvet coffin, just going to continue to do something I didn't fully want to do. Cause I'm not a shock jock guy. I'm not a debater. I'm a discusser. Right. So I was like, 
when you're gonna bet on yourself? It sounds like the stars are aligning to do it right now. So when all those other things started to devolve, I finally said, this is time. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.